Corruption affects and limits every nation. In recent times, we've seen stories, figures that did not just get everyone talking on Twitter, but shook the core of the nation. On Robin Minds, we discuss the plague corruption. How is it eating deep into our systems? How is it affected provision and access to basic amenities? And can this plague be remedied? Up next, Ebuka chats with Oluwadari Kolawoli and Jude Abaga. Welcome back. Yes, we're talking about the monster that we all know of corruption, which continues to uh, be inimical to our growth in Nigeria. And I have you with me, Uluwa Dari Kolawili, Assistant Director, Syrup Nigeria. Thanks for being here today. Uh, good afternoon. Straight um, off the bat, I mean, the, one of the main things that this government campaigned on was uh, the fight against corruption. Um, we still look at all of the Transparency International rankings. We seem to be crawling slowly, sometimes out of it, sometimes we're, we're dropping. We're not sure what's happening. How would you rate the way things have been going so far? Um, if you look at the first uh, administration of Buhari, and that, that's a full one, and then we have more or less uh, one quarter now. Yeah. Um, it, it, it will be hard to make a, a final, give a final judgment without uh, putting it in context. Uh, but based on what we do at Serap, um, I would call the government law, uh, basically on transparency and accountability, which we believe, and I, it's, it's, it's a national standard of UNCAC, that's the United Nations um, Coalition Against Corruption, that without transparency and accountability in governance, and even in the fight against corruption, then you cannot even assess it objectively, how, whether corruption in the battery has been won or not. Yeah. I, I, I put it in context, how much has been recovered from 1999 till then? How much has been recovered as stolen assets from 2015 till then? We don't have concise figures. So uh, based on that, and based on what we do using the Freedom of Information Act to get information for government, I would score the government low. But, but we right. continue to see tons and tons of ex-politicians or ex-government office holders who get tried, who are on trial constantly. Uh, the the quote-unquote Yahoo boys are paraded every other day. These are signs by, for a lot of people that the EFCC seems to be doing a lot. Uh, you don't think that reflects the kind of work that the government is doing? Uh, not quite, not quite. And, and this is related to public services, in my own estimation, yes. which, of course, has more impact on the people. Now, if the NDS, that's National Bureau of Statistics, says that we have more than 80 million people living in poverty, it means whatever policies of government and fighting corruption in the public space, in, in the basic amenities, water, health, with particularly in the context of COVID-19, impact more on the people. And so that is more impactful than the, what you've just mentioned about the, that the EFCC is doing now. I am not saying that corruption is not being fought on all sides, but on the supply and demand side. But looking at the impact of the people, particularly on the socioeconomic rights of Nigerians, uh, it, it, it's low, yeah. very low. Transparency is something you mentioned there. And I mean, we have the freedom of information law, which Nigerians are privy to. I mean, you know that you can access this information. Um, there's a lot of people who uh, would argue that, OK, how much of this onus is on government when people can actually demand these things? That people are Nigerian citizens doing enough? with regards to, you know, holding government accountable when it, when it comes to corruption? Uh, yes. Citizens, to me, have done, uh, are doing um, more than government in demanding. But government had performed quite very low in responding. And that itself impacts on the perceptions of the people about corruption and the trust and confidence they have in government and in the law enforcement agencies that drive the fight against corruption. For instance, at Serap, we use the Freedom of Information Act a lot. The, this year alone, we've sent over 200 freedom of information requests. And I can tell you, 
we've had um, less than 10 responses, and they're all in the negative. And more often than not, the responses are given on the pages of newspapers. Whereas the Freedom of Mission Act specifies seven clear days for all public officers and institutions to respond. In fact, it criminalizes failure to respond in trying to hide information. So, so um, it, the citizens are demanding, not quite enough like we will want, but the government is responding and um, abysmally low. So what do we do? I mean, what is, what is, how do we move the narrative now from, okay, we're demanding, we don't seem to be getting a result. What do we do as Nigerians? Because uh, uh, <laughs> sitting back and not, not watching things happen this way is not necessarily the answer, uh, for, is what I'm getting from you. Is there anything more we can do? Organizations like Serap, what are, what's, what's Serap doing in a case like this? Yeah, citizens need to engage. And engagement in this regard is not uh, opposition as it were or being crit be criticizing for the sake of it. So the best angle that citizens can come in is to demand for transparency and accountability. That way you can, make, you can hold public officers to account. So instead of the baseless allegations, uh, allegations based on sentiment, you can ask questions. And the law permits you, even the Freedom of Mission permits you to do that. So you have senators, you have House of Rep members, you have House of Representatives members of the state, you have governors, you have local government chairman. Have you written to them to ask for a copy of the budget for, for this year? Have you written to us allocations to significant sectors that affect you? Have you written to follow up on how that is done? That is one area that citizens can engage a lot. And for us at Serap, we do quite a lot. Advocacy both at the government and then at the people, which is in form of public enlightenment, which informs the social norms uh, anti-corruption report that we published last year. We launched that in December 2019. Yeah. And it contains some very, very interesting figures, if I may go into that briefly. Now, it, 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 it totaled samples from all Nigeria, eight states, including the FCT, making nine. And we looked at it to deconstruct, as it were, examine the role between social norms, our beliefs and systems, as uh, uh, comparing to corruption, and whether it impacts on even government's account of corruption. Because for long, the emphasis has been, from 1990 till date, more of prosecutions and law enforcement and, pro and, uh, and recovery, rather than prevention. And the ICPC is one very good agency for that. Their law empowers them to do a lot of uh, preventive measures. Yeah. Now, the social reports shows that 96% of Nigerians believe that corruption is a problem. But 56.7% believe that there is nothing they can do to fight corruption. That itself is a problem. So if a larger majority believe it's a problem, naturally then it's another more than half believe there's nothing they can do, that signifies a problem. Yeah. And that is where government needs to act to make sure that the people are in on this fight. And the social norms report, as it were, it's not against government or public officers. It is to examine the way we citizens react, relate to corruption in a, in a small belief system. I can give you an instance. For instance, you see a bag at the airport full of currency as, as just a citizen. And then would you return it? And if you return it, do you think you're entitled to some form of appreciation? You're not doing nobody any, anyone a favor. So those are the questions this, uh, that report seeks to examine. Um, let me go to uh, Emma now. We're joined now by Jude Emma Baga. Um, um, Emma, if you can hear me, uh, we're talking a lot about you know, corruption and you know, what Nigerians can do to be a part of the fight uh, uh, against corruption, pretty much. And something that I, that I guess talked about a lot is that people who can speak up probably aren't doing that enough. You are one of those who has a voice. I mean, you are popular, you are famous, you are quite active in that space. Do you feel like you're doing enough or Nigerians as a whole are doing enough? And if not, what should we be doing? Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for having us on the platform today. Um, it's a question that won't have an answer until corruption is stamped out. There's always going to be more to do. There's always going to be more to say. 
Um, I think for many uh, influential people, the problem has been how do I balance caring about our country with surviving? And it's a real concern for creatives. It's a real concern for people that don't want to get involved in, you know, doing things that maybe deem political. Uh, there are those examples of people who have spoken out and have received uh, either repercussions or been cautioned sternly. Um, but I think that this is a fight that we can't afford to lose. And uh, big shout out, uh, using our entertainment language, big shout out to organizations like Sarap for what they're doing. But it's time for the influential, the young, the creative, the, the people with large platforms. And this isn't just about being an artist or a comedian. It's about being a social media influencer. We have to start to do something. Nigeria is not working. I mean, over the last few days, Sarap, there's a, there's a few tweets that were circulating WhatsApp and social media that Sarap had put out on, you know, some allegations towards corruption. It's just mind-boggling what's happening in our country. We can't afford to be quiet. And I'm ready every day when I wake up, you know, through my organization task, uh, in my everyday life, I'm, I'm here for the fight, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah. Do you have faith in the organizations uh, or the parastatals or government agencies that are supposed to be um, leading this fight? I mean, just a couple of days ago, we heard that the head of the EFCC um, had been suspended. He's probably going to, uh, he's been investigated for all sorts of allegations. And you hear things like this and you wonder who's supposed to lead this fight from the government front. Do you have faith in what the government is doing? Um... Faith, faith maybe is not the word I want to use because faith, I think, as uh, within our Nigerian context, sort of means like, you know, like a belief that sort of absolves you from participation. You know, I, I, what I have is is a desire to see Nigeria be different, and I have, you know, I, I, I turn that to purpose for what we can do on a daily basis. Look, Nigeria is is changing, and for the head of EFCC to be so publicly called to call to order. I mean, we don't know. He's guilty. He's innocent until proven guilty. But you can see that there's a change. Now, is it political? Are there political interests that are making this happen? To me, ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's a step. It's another step in our journey towards getting a better country. But the truth about it is that we all have to be involved. Yesterday, there was an accusation for another um, uh, minister uh, that's also in social media today. It's making the rounds. But as of yesterday, after the accusation was made, and it was it a was stark accusation, there was like 4,000 tweets in the evening. And there was 1.8 million tweets about Will Smith and Jada. You know, and you sort of see where the priorities of young people lie. And um, I can't imagine in like developed countries that someone of that stature is called out for corruption. It would be all the news. It would shut down all media, no matter what else was going on. And I think the journey is to get uh, at least my, my role is to get young people thinking about our country consistently, thinking about the fact that the, the budget does, does relate to you in a very real way. And the minute it's passed, the minute the money starts to flow through you know, the system of government, um, you are the eye that will hold people accountable. You are the voice that will speak out and, and bring people to, to the book. And uh, if, you don't, if you do nothing, and then impunity can continue. Yeah, so I guess it's, it's a result of the disconnect we've been talking about. And, you know, people have become so desensitized to talking about things like this because they don't see that it would ever yield any results, you know. Um, so how do we start to make this conversation attractive again, especially for young people? I mean, there's 70% of the population are under 30, 35. We're not sure what the age is. But, I mean, there's a whole demographic there that doesn't seem to care too much. Um, let me come to you now, uh, 
How do we start to make that conversation more attractive for Nigerians to be a part of? Because for the average Nigerian, when you talk government, when you talk government issues, they're like, Beggy, we've heard this, uh, nothing's ever going to change. How do we start to get them to be passionate again about these things? Yeah, yeah. apathy is quite bad for corruption and for every Nigerian. And um, I think uh, advocacy is a good tool, which is what we do at Serap. Civil society organizations, influential voices like MI need to speak out. And government needs to engage the people more. But of course, government doesn't have that moral authority to do that when, in yeah. fact, it's not transparent enough in what we do. So, for instance, the report that we did, the social norms report, showed that 38.1% um, of Nigerians get information about right and wrong from social media. And 33% get it from the larger internet. So, collectively, together, that's almost 70% get the news about what is right and wrong. Socialization has changed, as you were, from uh, social media. Government wants to regulate social media. That's not good for government. That's not good for citizens, and that's, that's not good for, for feedback. So the, the social media is, is instead should be a tool to educate the people, to make them to engage. But most importantly, the moral obligation of government will not be there in the absence of transparency and accountability on their part. And that's one very interesting fact that came out from the report as well. Knowing the, the, the role that religion and tradition plays, it would interest you to know that only 7% of our respondents believe they get the news about corruption from religious leaders, given the influence they have in this community. And to me, that speaks a lot about our perceptions and our attitudes and eventually behavior towards corruption. Yeah, because people always tell you that, you know, every Nigerian is waiting their turn, pretty much. You know, as much as we want to scream and shout, everybody gets into government and you see those ones who you thought were on your side switch camps <laughs> and start to do the thing, the, the fight against. And you just, I guess the conversation is about how much it has sipped into, into, into our psyche, into our DNA, sadly. But do, you, with what Serap does, do you have an idea of what corruption, the cost of corruption to Nigeria? It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I, I can just give you one. Like, like MI, the, what MI pointed out was we started tweeting uh, excerpts from the Auditor General's report, 2017, yeah. and over 300 billion naira is missing. That is not from Serap. From when? That, from, that's the 2017 Auditor General's audit report. By Section 85 of the Constitution, the Auditor General is mandated to audit accounts of public officers and institutions. And he has come out with that report since 2017, detailing millions and millions of naira that cannot be accounted for by all these agencies of government. And I think that's, and Nigerians should look at that. Do you know what 300 billion naira can do in this COVID-19? Do you know how many salaries it can pay? Do you know the health benefits? Do you know hospitals? We're talking about, and the, the question now is, do we really need a loan in the first place? What about the health sector, the education sector? And of course, the, the mantra is always this, lack of funds. So what about this? And that is just one. That is just the report of 2017. We're not talking of the 2012, 2013, 2014. And even the National Assembly has made some recommendations in that regard as well. So the cost is huge. And the effect is just what, it's a glimpse, what we've seen with COVID-19. Even the slow reaction of government to react to it, it, it it's part of the effect of corruption. Yeah. And that is why citizens must understand. It is not just about government. It's about the way it affects us. And that is why we need to engage. Yeah, every Nigerian sure. hears figures like this, and sometimes even I get overwhelmed, you know. Is it possible that the fight just seems so Herculean? You don't even know where to start with it. People are just like, how do we go about this? Even the legal system sometimes seems to be, I mean, how do you start fighting a fight that is this humongous? I, I, frankly, I don't think it's hard. And I'm going to say, it, it need not be won in the short term, two or three years or four. But the good foundations need to be laid for stronger institutions, particularly in the anti-corruption agencies and the law enforcement agencies. And importantly, by laying good, good example, 
by our political officials. So you talk about mind bundle figures. I mentioned 300 billion. What about the huge pensions paid to ex-governors who spent just eight years maximum as governors and they get pensions that a public officer for 30 years cannot earn? What about the security votes, which is not even statutory, and they get paid for it? So it's um, the way to engage in not to be depressed by the figures, <laughs> as you mentioned, because it yeah. gets depressing, is to government needs to have set the example yeah. by being transparent, being accountable for every cover of public funds. And citizens need to engage. Again, it's not just criticism for the sake of criticism, but asking relevant questions and engaging in advocacy. Serap is just one out of many society organizations yeah. doing good and work. Everybody in this should country. be involved. Yes. What is this a day for no corruption about? Oh, yes, that's uh, July 17. <laughs> it's part of the campaign that we're doing under this program, uh, okay. funded by DFID, that's a UK aid. It's, 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 a, it's, a social, it's an anti corruption drive. It's called ACON, Anti Corruption in Nigeria. We have a coalition of two societies working in that regard. It's society, sanctions, and systems. So this is the society part of it. All Nigerians need to understand the role we play in corruption, from the least to the great. It's, it's an attitude thing that we need to change. So the build-up to that day is to examine yourself, as it were. Yeah, you're not a governor, you're not a senator, you're not the president. To know the things you're doing, your thought process that contributes to corruption. Do you read about corruption? You read a tweet about corruption, and like, the guy said, no sharp. He's in army. Now, that thought in itself makes you corrupt. I'll be it passively, because it means if you get there, you probably do worse or you're condoning it. So it, it, it's a such like thing. It's, it's a sociological approach to fighting corruption. And that is why we are building up to that July 17th. For all Nigerians to look at themselves and to decide that we are going to understand what we are doing, that is corrupt, and make pledges. Yeah. The pledge, the national pledge says, I pledge to Nigeria, my country, to be faithful, loyal, and honest. It's a pledge. So that's what the build-up to that day is about. Okay, July 17th, you say? Yes, July So everybody 17th. who tries to do... Anyway, let's not, <laughs> let's not call any agencies' names here today. Finally, um, do you think this is a fight Nigeria can win? Of course, yeah. I'm most optimistic. I wouldn't be cynical, I'd be pessimistic. And I've, uh, we, in view, what we do, we have access to some of this information. That can be depressing, really. But the key is to be optimistic. And I'm not optimistic because I want to. It's because of things I've seen. There are a lot of honest Nigerians, both in private and public life. So it's, it's, quite, it's, it's something that can be done. Yeah. Bit by bit, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But, but as, as the way things stand now, are you hopeful? Yes, I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful. And that's why citizens need to engage. We need to do more. At least we've seen... Um, and that's why social media is very good. These things are there in the public space. The fact that it's in public discourse alone, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Thank you very much for all the good work you do. And please come back when we call you.